Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Come on, let's give God a a big hand, huh? Man, wow. What a, hey, hey, what a, what, what a great six months so far here in 2015. I want to thank all of you so much at all of our locations. In fact, come on, let's welcome in Orange Park and St. John's, our other locations, those online right now that are, that are tuning in. Um, man, I just want to thank you so much for your giving. Remember, our Heart for the House, those of you who are new, our Heart for the House giving, it's those who are actually giving over and above their tithe. Uh, to see future ministry expansion. And as you can see, our our three big initiatives uh, so far in 2015 were our Orlando campus. Come on, that's way ahead of schedule. It's it's self-sustaining. Man, they're they're off and running. They'll probably be hitting close to 1,000 people in mid-August and September when the back-to-school season hits. Uh, You also saw there uh, Orange Park, our Orange Park facility, we, the, that land we're still raising money for, but we're on target there. And, uh, and then, of course, right, come on, can you give a God a hand for what he's done in our youth this year? I love that, that little girl that was talking. I love what she says. She says, I love that when I come to right, I, I don't have to be afraid to lift my hands and worship God. And when we called those things right night, that's what I felt like God put in my heart, that it, it, for that once a month that those kids can come in there and they can have an unrestricted outbreak of passion for God. That's the definition of right there. And that's what we want them to see. We want them to see, man, there's thousands of students who are living for God and worshiping God. They're not alone out there with just their two or three friends in their class or at their school or wherever they are. And, and so, church, I want to thank you uh, so much for your giving. And we got a lot of other things to show you uh, coming up at the end of this year and next year. But please be faithful in your giving. We are just a little bit uh, behind, but uh, hey, that's okay. I know our church, and I know we're going to come through big time, and I can't wait uh, until I'm going to kick off a series next weekend called I Love My Church. I Love My Church. Come on, how many of you love your church? I hope you do. Hope you're doing. We're taking that statement that Jesus said when Jesus said, On this rock, I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build a church, I will build the church. He said, I will build my church. Very possessive language. It involves ownership. And Jesus wants that same thing for you, that wherever God has called you to plug in your local church, it's not, oh, I go to that church or a church or what. No, no, this is my church, and I have a part to play, and I'm, I'm helping to change our communities and change the world, just like we saw uh, last weekend with thousands and thousands of people out serving uh, the Jacksonville community, Orlando, at all of our locations there, um, just making such a difference. And I want to thank you for that, and in the I Love My Church series, we're going to give you some updates, a lot of the outreaches and things that we have going on. Uh, here in Jacksonville and around the world where you can really see the kind of impact uh, that you're making and the influence that you're having. Church, thanks so much. I always say this, it is, it's fun to pastor Celebration Church. It's a lot of fun. I love what I do, Carrie, and I love what we do, and uh, it's such a blast pastoring uh, a group of people that love God, that put God first, and that believe in getting out there and really making a difference. Can I have a good amen to that? Come on, give God a hand one more time. And so, uh, okay, so, so, 
real, real quick, uh, before, before I introduce today's guest, because this is, I, I'm preaching and kicking off the I Love Our Church series. I'm going to be preaching several, several weekends in a row and all throughout the fall. This is kind of our last summer weekend and kind of our last summer guest. We've had several great guests, and I'm about to introduce to you another uh, guest that you're going to love today. But before we do that, I do want to pray for um, our high school and middle school students. Riot Retreat is this week. That's right. Get ready. So, uh, and it, it, it is, as I said, it is a sellout and it's full. Uh, we don't like to do these retreats super, super big. We like to keep them to a few hundred, three or four hundred uh, because of the dynamics that we're trying to do. So parents, if you didn't uh, sign your kid up for this one, we'll have another one coming up soon. Uh, we want to do about three of these a year, a big one in the summer and a couple of smaller scale ones, uh, one in the spring, one in the fall. But it's so, so important when they go on these retreats, man, it's all about encountering God getting set free, having a powerful experience with God, getting deliver, uh, deliverance if there's, if there's that need in their lives. And so we just want to pray for an open heaven uh, when our students uh, go on retreat this week. So will you join me in prayer? Join me in prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do at Riot Retreat this week. God, we pray for an open heaven. Lord, we thank you that every student is gonna encounter you, is gonna be filled with your spirit. Lord, is gonna experience your presence like never before. God, we thank you that the words and the messages preached at Riot Retreat are gonna go deep into the hearts of our young people. They're gonna be transformed, God. Lord, they are gonna live for you. We thank you that they're gonna serve your purposes in this generation and that your favor and blessing is on this retreat. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. And amen. All right, man, today's speaker, you guys know him, you guys love him. It is Dr. Dave and, and Dr. Dave Martin. And right now, your wife, Christine, right? And your son, Solomon. Come on, Solomon, stand up and, and wave to everybody right now. Wave, wave to everyone. That's right. But Dr. Dave, Dr. Dave has a wonderful family and just a great ministry, speaks all over the world uh, to churches, even to businesses, and uh, I'm really excited what he's going to share with you today. It's the perfect message for kind of halfway through the year. I think you're going to really, really be encouraged. So come on, I want you to give the best celebration welcome you can to Dr. Dave. Come on up, Dr. Dave. Thanks, man. Thanks for all you do for the church. Oh, good morning. Good afternoon. Hey, while you're sitting down, go ahead, you can sit down. While you're sitting down, though, look around you and find someone that you think is really good looking. Go ahead. Come on, there's other people. Don't everybody look up here. Come on. Find someone good looking. Tell, look, at, look at them and tell them this. Tell them the rest of your life. Man, I thought there was more good looking people here than that. Okay, here, how about just point to yourself, point to yourself. Say the rest of my life. Hey, you sounded better when you start talking about yourself. <laughs> Will be the best of my life. Now, if you've ever heard me before, you've said that before, and I'll, I'll try to get you to say it again as much as I can, because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. How many believe the rest of your life really could be the best of your life? Doesn't matter how good it's going for you right now. The good thing is it can get better. Doesn't matter how bad it's going for you right now. The good news is it's going to get better. I love what that said right at the end of the video. The best is still ahead. 
That's good news right there. The best is yet to come. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you, you're going through, the best is yet ahead. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that has a vision like we have here at Celebration? Man, I just, I watched the, the whole thing in the first service, and then now I get to see it again. I'm like, this is amazing. There's a lot of churches that aren't doing anything. And think what we've already done and accomplished just in six months. And here's the good news. The best is yet ahead. I believe God's going to do more. How many want to see more people get saved the rest of this year? Bigger riot nights the rest of this year. Uh, other campuses are growing the rest of this year. And, uh, and, and then just your faithfulness in, in giving and, and trusting God is just amazing. I, I've been teaching my little boy about tithing. And, uh, and he, you know, he just had his birthday a few months ago, and he got, he got a, uh, $50 from his grandparents for his birthday. And, and so I said, you know, uh, 10% we give to God, $5 we, we would give to God. He's like, my birthday money? I'm like, well, yeah, it says all your increase. So, you know, $5 to God. He's like, okay, what, what's God going to do with it? I'm like, well, that's how we build the church. That's how we, you know, heart for the house. We see all that going, and, and, and then we're going to give it to him so he can, he can use it. He goes, well, does he need it, like, now? Like, can I, like, I mean, he's like, like, can I just hold it in my pocket till he needs it, you know? I'm like, I'm like just give your money, kid. Um, so, uh, so I'm trying to teach you. So he gives, he gives his, his $5, you know, he's got 45 left. So we're out to uh, eat a few days later, and he's like, hey, Dad, I'm going to pay for lunch. I'm like. Oh, that's awesome, buddy. You know, he had 45. I'm like, he's being generous. He's like, yeah. He goes, give me your credit card. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I give, him, I give him the credit card. Then I thought he wanted to pay. He just wanted to hand him the credit card. Anyway, so I handed him the credit card. He paid for it. They brought the bill, you know, and he was signing it. He goes, can I sign it? I'm like, yeah, you can sign it. He goes, what's a tip? I go, a tip's where we give 20% to the lady who's been helping us, you know, here uh, for, while we've been here eating. He goes, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, we've only known her for like an hour. He goes, and you want to give her 20%? He goes, we've known God our whole life, and we only give him 10. Well, that's, that's a pretty good, uh, interesting revelation there, huh? And then we have a hard time getting half the people to even do that. But anyway, that's a different message. Okay. Uh, Hey, I got a few minutes with you today. I, I believe what I have is going to help you and encourage you today. I won't keep you a long time. There's this pastor that was known for having long sermons. He preached really long sermons. And one day, right in the middle of his message, he saw this guy get up and leave. And uh, didn't come in till the, till the end. And he said, hey, he said, can I talk to you for a minute? He said, why did you leave right in the middle of my sermon? Where did you go? He said, I had to go get my hair cut. He said, in the middle of my sermon, you went to get your hair cut. He said, why didn't you just do that before I started the sermon? He said, I didn't need a haircut before you started the sermon. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it won't be that long, but, uh, but hopefully it'll, it'll encourage you just a little bit today. How many, how many, have, ever, how many have ever needed another chance at something? I've never needed another chance, maybe a do-over, you know, uh, uh, another shot. Maybe you, uh, you look back and you, and you didn't quite do as well as you thought. And it could be in any area of life. You know, right now we're at the beginning, half, halfway through the year, and as a coach and as a trainer, we're working with people, I, I find that looking at goals and resolutions that people make at the beginning of the year, like, uh, like I'm gonna lose weight this year, that was one of mine this year, I'm gonna lose 25 pounds. 
this year. Yeah, yeah, and, and here we are now halfway through the year and I've only got like 30 to go. So sometimes you just got to start over again, you know. They say 70% of people have given up on their dreams by the, by the halfway through the year. But they're, they're resolutions, I mean, not all their dreams for life, but just, you know, they're resolutions they make. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise more. I was doing good. Then I saw this T-shirt that said, fat people are harder to kidnap. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. I got to protect myself here, you know. This could be dangerous out there without. But anyway, we got all these uh, 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 things that sometimes we just don't, Make it. Maybe you tried in business and it didn't quite work out the way you thought. Maybe you've had a marriage that didn't work. Maybe, maybe there's an area of your health where you need, a, you need a, a, to start over. I don't know where it is in life, maybe whether it's just a resolution for this year, whether it's something big in your life that didn't quite work out the way you thought. And you never, here, here's the thing, you never lose as long as you get back up. Evander Holyfield, the boxer, I was uh, talking to him the other day, we were talking about this and and. and, and by the way, I'm telling you this because he's a boxer and it's part of the illustration, not just because I'm trying to drop a name like Evander Holyfield. I'm not a name dropper. Um, Oprah and I were, the other day we were talking <laughs> and I said, I don't like to drop names. But anyway, here's the thing. Evander, we were talking about boxing and, and he said, you know, it's not getting knocked down that makes you lose. It's when you don't get back up that you lose. And in life, we've been knocked down. We've had the air knocked out of us maybe sometimes. We we've, haven't made it the way we thought. It didn't go the way we thought. But here's the thing. You don't lose as long as you get back up, as long as you give it another shot. We've all had some setbacks, and we've took some step backs. And here's the good news is God's the God of the comeback. So no matter what you face, no matter where you've been, there's always a chance for a coming. You just need to make a few adjustments along the way. Realign yourself. Uh, and, and so this message today is not for everyone. It's just for anyone who's ever needed another shot. Let me see your hand if you've ever needed another shot. Okay, well, I guess it is for everybody. Huh. I, I love uh, basketball. And so uh, this message really started thinking about basketball and rebounders and, and, you know, people that had to rebound and get another shot. You know, this, the highest percentage of made shots are from the rebounders, the one that caught the missed shot and took another one. They were right there by the goal. So their percentage of making shots is usually the highest. You got people like Kobe Bryant. How many of you heard of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player? You know, last year, Kobe Bryant set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA. How'd you like that record? Most missed shots ever, history of the NBA. But a few days after he set the record for the most missed shots ever in the history of the NBA, he also passed up Michael Jordan for more points scored in his career than Michael Jordan. The same guy that had the most missed shots also is now number three on the most points ever scored in the NBA. I like what they said when they asked him about this record of missed shots. He said, you gotta step up and play. You can't worry about criticism. You can't worry about failure. You really can't worry about all that stuff. You gotta go out there and figure it out and play the best you can. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, and then he says this, he says, you can't be held captive by the fear of failure or by the fear of what other people might think. That last sentence is really powerful if you think about it. You can't be held captive by the fear of failure or the fear of what other people might think. See, if we choose to live our life in fear, if we choose to live our life by what we, oh, well, what if I can't do this? What if this doesn't work? So many times fear holds us back, the fear of failure. 
What if I don't win? What if I don't make it? What if I don't? Or, or, the, or the fear of loss or the, the fear of criticism. What if someone says something bad about me? Fear, if we live our life in fear, of course we know the Bible says God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. I like what Joyce Meyer says about fear. She, she says, she breaks it down to false evidence appearing real. I like that, that's a nice little quote. I heard another one that said, forget everything and run. When you, I don't, that might be, a, but uh, whatever it is, fear it, it, and failure happens to everyone. Who, the person who never makes a mistake is the person who never makes anything, really. If you wanna be successful, I mean, wanna be successful in life. Might as well wanna be, God wants you to be. Sometimes we'd be surprised at where people start. A lot of times we think successful people, oh, they must have always been on the top. They, they were born with a silver spoon. They were born with, with uh, the help of everything that they needed. And, and to do anything meaningful in life, you gotta start early, you gotta have a hand in tea. And that's just, that's just not true. I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are in here today. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, my, my wife's grandfather got saved at 75 years old for the very first time. 75, went, he said, if I'm born again, I'm starting over. I said, what do you mean, Grandpa? He said, I'm going back to college. Grandpa went back to school, got his contractor's license, and at 77 was elected president of Habitat for Humanity just outside Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, uh, Colonel, Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Sanders, KFC, was in his 60s when he started that, 65 years old. He had a little business that, that knew uh, 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 highways and freeways came into town, and, and everyone that used to go right by his little restaurant started going down the interstate. There was no way he had to start over again. 65 years old, he got in his car and started driving around until finally, uh, and, and trying to sell this recipe, trying to build a business at 60. It doesn't matter. How old you are, doesn't really matter how young you are. And it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to start with it all handed to you. I wouldn't start with anything handed to me. I grew up poor, and uh, my dad always was a pastor of a real small church out in the middle of nowhere in Mississippi. We lived so far out in the woods, you had to drive toward town to go hunting. <laughs> and uh, and, and I, we didn't grow up wealthy, we grew up poor. You know, we thought you were supposed to be poor because poor people go to heaven. That's what they told us. We did everything we could to stay broke. We were, you're talking about KFC earlier. We'd go to KFC, lick other people's fingers. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's how poor we were. And I remember, I remember driving to church. We'd be driving to church, sweating in the back of the car because we didn't have air conditioning. And uh, well, we had air conditioning, but it was broke. We couldn't afford to get it fixed. But my dad made us leave the windows rolled up so that no one knew we didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> we were poor, but we were proud. And we had to drive through this one neighborhood of nice houses, you know, where the wealthy people lived. And we, we didn't want, want to be wealthy because that could cause you to, to sin and stuff. And so we had to drive through this one neighborhood of all these nice houses with swimming pools and people out by the pool drinking lemonade, just enjoying their, after their Sunday morning. And we're on the way to church. And my dad looked at me and my brother said, boys, you see those folks? I said, yes, sir. He said, those folks are miserable. We're in the back of a car with no air condition. I'm like looking at my brother, I'm like, hey man, I wish we were miserable. Oh, that looks a lot better than where we were at. And, and so, so we weren't, I wouldn't hand it everything to me. And, and so in life you find it's not always like that. I was reading a story about a guy kind of like that that didn't have everything handed to him. He, he, his life was kind of a, a wreck. He's a, was, he was young, his future didn't look really good. And let me just summarize it. He never thought really he'd have another shot. And you may be sitting here today thinking, I messed up too bad. 
hey, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand where I've been. You don't understand there's no way God could ever use me. There's no way God could ever give me another shot. There's no way I could ever do anything with my life at this point. And that's maybe what Mo thought. He was born to a poor family at an early age. He was taken from his parents and his siblings and, and placed in uh, uh, care and brought up by the state. And he, he didn't come around any young when he was young, he wasn't around any godly influence. He didn't go to church. He didn't have riot nights. He didn't have any of that kind of stuff. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, so he had no church influence in his life. He became kind of rebellious as a teenager, didn't really fit in. And on top of that, he stuttered. He had a real bad stutter. And, and uh, you know, people probably made fun of him and made it life difficult for him. So he had low self-esteem, low self-esteem. We probably, maybe you understand that. Maybe you face some low self-esteem. I know I've had issues with low self-esteem, things happened in my life, things said to me in high school. I remember the girls used to treat me like I was a piece of meat. And, uh, and like they were vegetarians. That's hurtful, you know, that's hurtful. And that damaged myself. I used to have low, so, such low self-esteem. One time I painted a blue square in my backyard just so Google Earth would think I had a pool. That's really low self-esteem. But, but here, here, you know, this guy Mo, he'd been through some stuff. Oh, Mo, he had some low, low self-esteem. Later, just a few years later, he got angry one time, got in a fight with a guy, ended up hitting the guy and killed him. So, man, he, he, he fled town. He ran from the cops. He, he left. And he ended up drifting around, kind of uh, little menial jobs, avoiding people. And then one day, God speaks to, to Mo telling him about he had some big plans for him. Well, you can imagine he's a little shocked because he thought, well, you know, I've killed a guy. I he had no relationship with God all this time. Most, now God's saying, I'm gonna use you. There's no way God would use someone like that. He's made too many mistakes. After all, uh, all he'd done, how, how insignificant would, would he be? So, God, so most said to God, he said, you can't use me. Not, not, you must be thinking of someone else. I don't relate. I, I'm, I'm a stutterer. People won't even be able to understand me. I'm a failure. And, but here's what I love about God. And here's the good thing we have to look forward to. God doesn't look at our circumstances and our situations and our failures the way that we do. He sees things from a little different perspective than we see. Because what we see is, I'm looking here, all I can see is the things right around me. But God's perspective is a little higher. If I climbed up into these rafters here and I looked down, I would see a little different perspective of things than I see when I'm just looking here. So my perspective, I'm looking at my failures, my circumstances, all these things. God's up top going, look, I see something in you. I see something you could, and, and what he saw in him, he saw a leader, he saw someone who could do something with his life, and, and it didn't, he didn't see a man whose life was over. He didn't see a, a broke down has-been, a stutterer, someone who ran from the cops. He saw a man of strength. He saw a man of courage and commitment. I love, I love courageous people. Something I love about Pastor Stovall. And, and, and Pastor Craig, they're just courageous. Aren't you glad to go to a church and have some courageous leaders like, like Pastor Stovall and Carrie? And, I mean, I, again, just looking at, at all we've done and all we're doing and continue to do and just, hey, it'd be enough. We got a nice little, let's just have a nice little church right here. No, no, let's go to, let's go Orange Park. Let's go to St. John. Let's go uh, Orlando. Let's go to Africa. Hey, why not take over the world? Let's do this. Let's get everyone saved. You know, I love that about them. And, uh, and it'd be enough just to sit be, but courageous. God saw some courage in this. It reminds me of this, this uh, I might have told this before, this guy, um, captain of a ship, young man comes to the captain. He says, Captain, Captain, there are five enemy ships on the horizon. Captain said, young man, 
bring me my red coat. So they brought the red coat. The captain put on the red coat, and they began to fight the enemy ships. So they fought off all five of the ships. They destroyed all five ships. And the next day, the young man said, Captain, can I ask you a question? Why did you ask for your red coat? What was the purpose of the, your red coat? He said, young man, the red coat was in case during the battle I was stabbed or if I was shot, and, and I began to bleed. The men wouldn't notice me bleeding, and they would continue to fight with courage and with, with bravery and the young man said, Captain, you're the courageous one. I mean, you didn't even worry about yourself. You just keep fighting. That's just, that's amazing. A couple days later, the young man comes back. He says, Captain, Captain, there are 20 enemy ships on the horizon. The captain said, young man, bring me my brown pants. <laughs> um, I love a little bit of courage. Anyway, Mo, Mo had some courage. God, God saw some courage here. You might have figured this out by now. The Mo guy here that I'm talking about was actually someone you've probably heard of in the Bible. They call him Moses. Moses, that was his life. And then God says, I'm gonna use you. Now Moses, I want you to go tell, you with the stuttering problem, you with all the bad th mistakes and the failures in the past, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And we can look at the Bible and think of how Oh, well, that's in the Bible, and that's for, these people weren't any different. We think they're somehow different than us, better than us, not the same as us today, but they were the same. They failed just like we failed. They made mistakes just like we make mistakes, and they rebounded, came back, and God used them just like God can do the same thing for you, just like he can do the same thing for your family. What if Moses had given up, not listened to what God said about What if Paul would have looked at all his shortcomings and said, God, you know, you can't use me. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a writer. And, and then we would like have half, half the New Testament was written by Paul. What if he'd have said, no, nah, I can't do it, I'm a failure. Now we would have had like, the New Testament would have been half the size. We would have had half the sermons we could preach. We, we could read the Bible a lot quicker because those wouldn't be there. But we all have these stories. I love the stories of great rebounders. And, and, and you can look, whether it's in life, you may recognize some of the individuals. Michael Jordan, NBA legend, you know, uh, he, he missed 9,000 shots in his career, lost 300 games, 26 times he was trusted with the game-winning shot, and he missed. You know, in high school, he didn't even make the high school basketball team, but yet he got another shot. Mickey Mouse's uh, creator, Walt Disney, he was fired from a newspaper. They said he wasn't creative enough. <laughs> Bill Gates dropped out of Harvard I mean, think about all these people, yet they had another shot. I love this. I was just reading the story the other day. WD-40. How many have some WD-40 at your house? Anybody ever wonder what that means, WD-40? You ever thought about that? It, it stands for water displacement attempt number 40. Yeah, it was 40 tries, 40 different ways they put this together until they finally got it to work. It was the, the 40th attempt. What if they had quit at attempt 23? We would not have WD-40 and our doors would squeak. <laughs> Thank God they took another shot. 40 tries, but hey, they didn't, they didn't give up. I don't know what it is you tried to do. What You, you tried to uh, start a business. I had a friend I was just working with that has been trying to get into some acting and things and just, uh, he's about to give up. I'm like, hey, give, just get back in there. You can't quit that quick. I mean, what if I'd have quit? I, I'd have never got the call last week, maybe. I, uh, I got a call last week from HBO. And uh, great, got the call, and, and I signed a deal just last week with, with HBO, and uh, it's $16.95 a month for all the movies I want. But uh, um, 
I'm just grateful, you know. What if I, so here, here you got all these people, and the Bible gives us, the Bible gives us some great examples of failures and then successful returns. Today I'm gonna look at one of these in Judges chapter 16, verse 28. Let me give you a little story about the, the background of this. Uh, it's about Samson. The nation of Israel dishonored God and, and had been evil, and so God punished them and, and had the Philistines rule over them for 40 years. During that time, this guy Samson was born. And uh, whenever someone mentions Samson, um, what, what do you think of normally when you hear the word Samson? Delilah, yeah, a lot of people think of, of Delilah. But I wanna look at a little bit different part of Samson's story here, because most people, maybe they might think of his strength, how strong and muscular he probably was. And, and, but when he was born, then an angel appeared to his mom and said this. He said, you, become, you will become pregnant, have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor. Uh, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb, and he will lead in delivering Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Now that prophecy came to him. He, he said he, he's gonna lead, it came to his mom, this child you're gonna have is gonna lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now you look how the whole thing plays out. If you read about Samson's life and grew up and through his adulthood, um, he stayed true to his Nazarite vow, but many times... And many times God's spirit was on him, but he had some highs and lows. He had some mistakes. He had some failures. He had some good times, but he also stumbled a little bit. He had some victories. He also had some failures. And then we know about Delilah. He broke his Nazarite vow, and she shaved his head, and he lost all of his strength, and they imprisoned him, and they taunted him, and they ridiculed him. They even plucked his eyes out, is what it says. And then it seemed like all was lost, but then Samson all of a sudden gets another shot. I like that. He remembers that prophecy. And, and, and here, here he is in Judges chapter 16. They're having this big party, this big pagan party, and the place is full. And they bring Samson out to kind of make fun of him, have him entertain the people he can't see, stumbling around. And they're, they're just giving him a hard time and just making fun of him. That was the entertainment. After it was all over, Samson went to the servant and said, hey, could you just take me over and, and, and lean me against one of the support pillars of the, of the temple? And this is the setting for where Samson had one of the greatest comebacks, the, uh, another shot to do something big. Read, read verse 28 with me. Uh, we'll read 28, 29, and, and 30. Samson prayed the Lord, sovereign God, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me one more time. Let me, uh, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two pillars on which the temple stood, braced himself, uh, his right hand on one, his left hand on the other. And then he said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might on those two pillars. And the whole temple came down on the rulers and all the people. And he said he killed more when he died than when he lived. In that one moment, in his he killed more people, of the, more of the enemy in that one moment than he did in 20 years as the leader of the Israelites. Talk about a, a comeback, a rebound. He, he went out with his greatest victory. He turned his tragedy into a triumph, his mistake into a miracle. He missed a shot. He rebounded. He said, you know what? God wants more. Strengthen me. Give me another shot to make a difference. The things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. Things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. The Bible's full of stories like this. The next time you feel a little down, 
The next time you feel like maybe you were a failure, think about this list of people in the Bible. You may have heard of some of these people. Next time you think, well, God can't use me, think about this. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. That's what it says. It's in the Bible. I didn't say it. God's the one that said she was ugly, I guess. I don't know. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah got up and preached naked. That could be bad for your ministry right there. <laughs> Especially if you were on TVN, that'd be horrible. Um, anyway, uh, they might... Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Jacob or Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. Lazarus, uh, uh, Zacchaeus was too small. Timothy was too religious. And and, and on on top of that, uh, Lazarus was dead. Talk about need another shot. Can you imagine trying to come back from being dead? But all of them took another shot. All of them had another shot. And look what God did in their life. I love in, in Samuel, it says this, Samuel chapter 16, verse number seven, 1 Samuel, the Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. All right, that good news right there. <laughs> Can't look at the outside. You're looking about an, uh, another shot. I want to tell you about a, uh, a, a book we wrote uh, here at the end, and, uh, and, and I think about prisoners. And we do a lot of, we, li we like to do a lot of ministry in the prison. I, I go in and speak for the graduations, like GED graduations and things like that. That's just one of the ways that we give back. But if there's ever a group of people that needed another shot, need a little encouragement, and so we, we love to, to help. I'll, I'll tell you how you can help us help them too. But maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you need another shot. You need a rebound. I, I wanna talk to you about three areas, real quick, three areas. If you got a note, just type this in your phone or whatever, that'll help you if you're one of those people. And I think just about every single person in here, you may have some areas of your life right now where you could use another shot. Maybe you gave up on one of your goals from the beginning of the year. Or maybe it's uh, something bigger in your, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your, uh, your business or uh, some other area of your life where you really need God to come through. You'd like to have your own comeback story. Three points I wanna give you, attitude, effort and technique. Attitude, effort, and technique. I was um, recently speaking at a, at, a, at a corporate setting and I was, I was talking to them about the power of attitude. And, and we've all heard the you know, little things, attitude determines your altitude and uh, you can't uh, you know, have a, uh, 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 can't be a smart cookie if you got a crummy attitude, you know, things like that. Uh, we all want, we all like positive attitudes. We want to have positive attitudes. How many try to be positive? Most of you try, you know. Yeah, how many sometimes you're a little negative? You know, how many know people that are negative? Don't, don't point at them or anything. Uh, I saw that. But um, it takes work to be positive. I, like, I'm not naturally positive. I, I try pretty hard. It's not natural. I mean, I mean, I was born a pessimist, so I have to work at it. My blood type is be negative, you know. <laughs> So it's not like a natural thing I have going here. It takes work. And, and so an attitude is important. And you can look 
I mean, you think about it at your house. If, if, if someone comes home, one, one, of you, one of the, you or your spouse come home and you got a bad attitude, and, and it doesn't take long till the whole atmosphere of the home is people are all upset and mad, and you know, you all hear all that happy wife, happy life, you know, uh, happy husband, happy life too. Um, if someone's not happy, ain't nobody happy. So we got a, an attitude can really mess things up, a bad attitude. Your attitude determines whether or not you will get back up and you'll press in and, and do something different. I like people that have a good, positive attitude. Your attitude determines how you look at things. I told a story in the last uh, service about uh, this guy's building a, a beautiful cathedral. Uh, uh, I think it's Sir Charles Wren, I think was his name. And they built a beautiful cathedral in London. They were, a reporter was interviewing some of the workers, asked three workers to do the exact same thing, what they were doing. One said, I'm cutting rock for 10 shillings a day. The other one said, I'm cutting, I'm, I'm working 10 hours a day to take care of my family. The other one said, I'm helping Sir Charles build an amazing cathedral. They were all three doing the same thing, but their attitude and how they looked at it were completely different. A lot of times it's how you look at things that can make, if you change the way you look at things, the things you're looking at will begin to change. This girl brings her boyfriend home to meet her parents. It's all in how you look at it. Kid comes in, he's got crazy hair, piercings, tattoos all over, and the mom says, ooh, come here, honey. She said, he does not look like a very nice young man. It's the way the mom saw it. The daughter sees it completely different. She said, he's a great young man. My goodness, he's given 200 hours of community service right now. <laughs> Just all in how you look at it. I told that joke, and the guy's like, hey, you against tattoos? I'm like, I'm not against tattoos, that's just a joke. I'm not like judging anybody, it's just part of the joke. He's like, well, do you have tattoos? I said, personally, I do not have tattoos because you know, you wouldn't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari. <laughs> but, uh, uh, kidding. Okay, let me wrap this up. Two more points, two more points. Effort, effort and technique. Work hard. You got to give it a shot every now and then. Every effort equals hard work. How much sweat equity are you willing to put in it? I like what Winston Churchill said. Never give in. Never, never, never give in. Don't quit. Don't give up. I read this quote. The third prime minister of India, Gandhi, uh, the, the grandfather, my grandfather once told me there are two kinds of people, those who work and those who take the credit. He said, he told me to try to be in the first group. There was always less competition there. Then you got technique. That's developing the skills that you need to make your comeback. Be, be tenacious. And, and here, attitude determines how you look at the situation. Your diligent effort shows that you're dedicated to making a comeback. And your techniques provide the means and the methods that you'll need to distinguish yourself and to become a winner. You see all three of these points in Samson's life here. And what happened? Verse 28, you look again at these words. He says, remember me, God. Strengthen me once more and let me with one blow uh, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. His attitude, just once more. Get, I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna quit. He'd been beaten. He'd been broken. And instead of accepting his fate, he chose to fight. Strengthen me just one more time. Give me another shot. Then it says Samson reached toward the two pillars of the temple uh, and, and the two central pillars of the temple 
braced himself, one hand on each, on each pillar. And uh, it, so that shows us a little bit of technique. Samson was thinking. He didn't say, just give me some pole somewhere. He said, take me to the two central pillars. Samson intentionally chose the structural columns of the temple. Because he knew if I could knock those down, it's a better chance of this whole thing falling down. He used some technique. He was smart enough and, and positioned himself for maximum effect. Then he pushed with all of his might, it goes on to say. That shows effort. He pushed with all of his might. Sometimes you gotta give it everything that you got. He didn't rely on everything he could possibly do. Here he did everything he could possibly do. And then what did he do? He left the rest to God. And that's the same thing we have to do in life. Hey, give me, get that attitude. Hey, I can do this again. God, just give me another shot. I'm gonna be smart, I'm gonna get some principles and things that are gonna help me, the techniques I need to do the best I can, and then I'm gonna give my effort. And he pushed with all of his might. And then what do you do? You leave the rest to God. See, God didn't tell you you had to do the impossible. He said he would do the impossible. With God, all things are possible. All you have to do is the difficult. All you have to do is the best that you can do, and then let God's favor, his grace, and his blessing do the rest. That's what, that's what Samson did here. He pushed with all of his might. He got to the right pillars, and then he said, God, all right. And, and then what is it? it? It ends there with saying, and he killed many more in that moment than when he lived. Here's the thing. You can do the same thing. The harder you fall, the higher you bounce. Start looking at things like that. Don't, don't, let, it, don't let your setback be a step back. How many, how many ready for your comeback? How many ready for your, your comeback today? Stand, you know, here's, here's the thing. Let me, let me just pray for you real quick before we go. If, that, if that's you, God's just, today, God's just dealing with your heart. You say, hey, Dave, you know, that's me. I've had some, some failures in life. I've had some setbacks. I'm, I'm kind of like Moses right now. I'm kind of thinking, hey, I've made so many mistakes. There's no way God could ever do anything with me. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, just real quick. I'm gonna pray two prayers before we go today. If you stay with me just for a few minutes and if you say, Dave, that's me, I, I'm, I'm in that position. Your word today just encouraged me a little bit, gave me the faith to say, you know what, it's not over. I'm gonna take another shot. Whether it's a relationship that you feel like, hey, there's no other choice but divorce. Maybe it's a job that you think, or a business you tried to start, you're like, there's no way this is ever gonna work. Maybe it's just some goals you had for this year that you said, you know what, I wanna see this happen in my life this year. Maybe you said, hey, I'm gonna try tithing this year, and you gave up, you said, ah, it doesn't work. You said, hey, you know what, give it another shot. Start over right now, do it the rest of this year. I don't know what area it is, there's so many we could talk about. But if this message spoke to your heart today, you say, Dave, I'm ready to take another shot. I'm ready to take another shot at this. I'm not ready to give up yet. Just lift your hand real quick. Let me pray for you. If that was you that God spoke to you today, Father, thank you for many hands across this room at Orange Park, St. John, online. Lord, we thank you today that it's not over until you say it's over. Father, I thank you today that you are the God of a second chance maybe a third chance, fourth chance. You're the one that gives us the grace we can take another shot. Help us with our attitude. We're gonna give it our best. We're gonna get the principles and the teaching and the understanding we need to help us 
do our best, the wisdom. Father, we thank you that when we do everything that we know to do, then you come through with what seems to be impossible to us and put us on the path. You can still use us. You can still breathe life into that business. You can bring love back into that home. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name. One more thing while your heads are bowed just before pastor comes and closes the service today. I never want to close without giving people an opportunity to make sure that their heart and their life is right with God. As I look across the building one time, maybe you're watching online at one of the other campuses. You say, Dave, you know what? Listen, God loved you so much that he was willing to give his only son for you, his very best for you. Why? He wanted you to be part of his family, so he gave his son, and today this room's full of family, but maybe you've never made a decision to become part of God's family. Maybe you've realized something's missing in your life, and today you said, that's it. It's a relationship with God's relationship with his son. I want to receive that gift he gave, his son Jesus, into my life today. Maybe you're here and you've asked him into your life before and your heart before, but you say, Dave, I'm not at peace with God today, but I want to be. When I leave here today, I, I, know that, I know that he's not number one, but when I leave here today, I want to make sure he is. I want to pray for you real quick. So look across the building just one time. If that's you, when I count to three, just lift your hand up real quick. And say, Dave, pray for me. I'm making a decision today to put God first place in my life. Whether you've never done it before or whether you've done it in the past and you've just kind of not, he's not in that place today. But you want to make that decision. I count to three, just lift your hand real quick. Dave, pray for me. One, two, three. Let me see your hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I thank you for many hands in the arena here, of the campuses, online. Lord, I thank you that you don't just give us a desire to change, but Lord, you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You don't condemn us, but you do convict us. You show us areas of our heart and things in our life that may not be pleasing to you, but Lord, you said it's as simple as this. If we give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. Today is a, a new day. Those, those that lifted their hand just turned the page to a brand new chapter. Father, we thank you for that today. You said if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. Saved means we'd be safe. I want everyone in this room, everyone watching, say this with me. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. You talk about a decision that'll put you on the path to making the rest of your life the best of your life. You talk about wanting another shot. He's the one that gives us the grace and the favor to take one more shot. Pastor's going to come and encourage us just for a minute, just before we go today. Come on, give Dr. Dave a hand, huh, everybody? Let's up. I, um, I want, I'm, I'm going to ask, please, please try to minimize your moving uh, in, in all of our campuses. Just stay with me. I really feel led to do this. I, I didn't do this the the service before, but I really feel led to do this right now. Just engage for me, just a couple of minutes here. Listen, if you were, uh, several of you raised your hands when Dr. Dave was talking about making a decision for Jesus to really put him first, surrender your life to him. If you raised your hand at any of our locations, the way that I want to close this service is I want to bring you down here uh, and, and pray with you. 
before we dismiss. And uh, this is something that's really, uh, really important. You know, Jesus said this. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. And what he was saying was, if your inward surrender to him is genuine, if it's sincere, then that will display itself in some type of public declaration, okay? We call it going public uh, for Jesus. It's so, so important. It's like there's something that happens when you stand up in front of a group of people and come down uh, to this altar. So there's going to be two categories of people on this. Those of you who raised your hands, and you don't know if you've ever really put God first by making Jesus like really your Lord and Savior. Yeah, you believe He's the Son of God. You know, you know that you know you, you have to put faith in Him to go to heaven. But I mean, you've never, you don't know if you've ever really surrendered your life uh, to Him. That's very, very important that you get down there. And then they get down here. And then there's those of you that maybe one time you walk with God, but you've drifted far from God, and you know you need to make a recommitment and do that in a public way. On the count of three. If you're in one of those two categories, I want you to come down here to this altar as well as Orange Park, St. John's, and our other locations. I'm not going to do it twice, okay? We're counting to three one time. You're getting up, and you're coming down here. You need to go public for Jesus, all right? Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on, stand up and come down here right now. Let's give my hand, everybody. Look at all the people coming. Come on down. Come on down. Give my hand, everybody. Give my hand, everybody. Give them a hand. Come on. Come on. Get out of their way if they're in the middle of the aisle. If you brought someone to church today or you're sitting next to someone, ask them if they need to come down here. Ask them. Sometimes people need help. They need help. They need help. Go in public for God. Just just, just help them. Get, get them over that. Ask them. Say, hey, do you want to go down? The Orange Park, St. John's. Come down here. I'm going to lead us all in a closing prayer like this. Isn't this awesome? Come on. Give God a big, big hand. They're still coming. They're still coming. They're still coming. So great. So great. Just come on down. If there's not, there's some room over here, just kind of make your way right through there. This is what church is all about, huh? God's family and coming to God or coming back to God. Okay, so, so tune in. So here's, here's what I'd like to know at all of our locations before we close out in this prayer. What, I, what I'd like to know, how many of you, you would say, Stovall, I think I'm more in that first category. Like maybe you've come to church some or whatever, but you're like, you know, I know who Jesus is or whatever, but I don't know if I've ever really like totally surrendered my life to him where Jesus is not only my savior, but but also my Lord. Like it's, it's really like a first time decision to really, really go all out for God, put him first. If that's you, would you just slip up a hand right now? Yes, 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 yes. Look at all the hands, everybody. Give them a big, big hand. Awesome, and then, isn't that great? And then the rest of you would say, you're in that other category, right? So you've like, Stovall, you know, I served God at one time, but I, I've drifted, man, and I know he's not really first in my life. That would be for everybody else up here, uh, right? Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right now at all of our locations, but this is so, so important. We're talking about comebacks, right, Dr. Dave? Let me tell you your most important comeback after this prayer. It's coming back to church 
next Sunday, okay? You gotta come back to church next Sunday. And here's why this is so important. Listen, when you make a decision like this, I'm telling you, the, the enemy doesn't like this, okay? So what's gonna happen? You're gonna go out into your week or whatever's going on and, and it's just like, man, the, 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 the enemy is gonna try to do everything he can to keep you away from God's house over the next few weeks. And let me tell you about my story real quick. You know, many of you know my story. Um, I was real into the club and drug scene. I was a bouncer at a bar. And so I really didn't go to church at all except on like Christmas and, and Easter, you know? And so I remember when I came down and I gave my life to Christ, like, I mean, I wasn't going to church at all. So I thought, man, if I go once or twice a month, I'm like the Apostle Paul, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, I mean, like church every Sunday, it was like a, it was a new thing for me, but I'll never forget. What happened was I made that decision and I go to church once a month or whatever and things would creep back in and finally I had somebody give me the talk that I'm giving you guys right now. Sister of all, listen, no, you've got to be there every single Sunday. Don't forsake the assembly. That's how you get strong. That's how you grow. That's how you break three. That's how, how you go to the next level. You follow me? And I felt like just a couple of weeks ago that God told me, Stovall, every single altar call for the rest of this year and maybe from here on out, tell people it's so important that they come back to church. You've got you've to block out this time Sunday morning or Sunday night whenever you come to church, whatever campus, and say, man, I am going to be there. I'm putting God first. I am going to make God's house a priority for an hour and 20 minutes on Sunday. Can I have a good amen, everybody? You know what I'm saying? Come back. So say this prayer. Say this, say this prayer with me right now and mean it with all of your hearts. OP, St. John's, everybody in the congregation, let's all say this and, and help uh, those along that are many of them saying a prayer like this for the very first time. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sin and I trust in you. Lord, I thank you for complete forgiveness for all of my sins. I thank you that you love me and I'm your child. I thank you for everlasting life, eternal life with you. I follow you from this day forward. Lord, I'm coming back. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a big, big hand. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.